This is a CBC Podcast. Hey, I'm Claire Bonnyman, and welcome to The Loop. For the last week, Alberta has been on fire. So if you are there trying to manage, suppress the fire, uh, you pretty much give up when it gets to this very intense large level. But around one o'clock today, a large amount of smoke came through town. It pretty much turned the t- town dark and ash has been falling from the sky since. Well, obviously everybody is really concerned about the situation, um, but we're just going to stay calm and take it uh, as we can. There's only so much we can do. They're unaware of how much this cost and We're trying to follow the rules, but you do understand why people try to get home. More than 100 wildfires were burning across the province at one point. Dozens of them are out of control. Monday, a provincial state of emergency was declared and tens of thousands of people are on alert, with around 30,000 affected by evacuation orders so far. And it's beginning to get hotter. Reports suggest we are entering a heat dome with temperatures soaring up to and possibly above 30 degrees, creating tension across the province as we wait to see what's next. It's been busy in the newsroom, to say the least. Nancy Carlson joins me, host and producer of CBC Edmonton News at 6. Nancy, I know you've been feeling this a little. Yes, it has been busy, like you say, in the newsroom and also just you know, outside of work as well. Yeah, there's a lot going on. I, to set the scene, how much fire have we seen this year? What are we looking at? How how can we even measure it? Yeah, so if we do a comparison between the five-year average as to how much land usually burns, so that's measured in hectares. So the five-year average is about 542. We're looking at more than 410,000 hectares has burned so far. Wow. Yeah. Up to this point in May. That's that's huge. It's incredible. And also, when you look at how spread out they are as well, right? right? We're not looking at one solid area that has burned. They're spread out various parts across the province. It is hitting really close to home for some folks in and around Edmonton. Um, I know you have your own story so far this season. Yeah. Um, so on Friday, we had, you know, been very busy at work looking at the developments of the wildfires throughout the day. It was changing so quickly. We're getting emergency alerts for different areas. Um, and then as I was heading home, I was heading right towards a plume of smoke. And so I, I called my my fiance and I was like, like, do you see anything? And of yeah. course, because of the way the wind was blowing, it was blowing away. And so then he goes outside, looks behind the house and is like, oh, my gosh. So we weren't sure what we were going to do. We started kind of collecting some things. And then we all of a sudden got a knock on the door. And of course, then we had this moment where it was like, were you expecting someone? I wasn't expecting someone. Were you? Ex- I wasn't expecting any someone oh who's gosh. at the door. Like we just almost like didn't want to answer the door. Yeah. And it was the sheriff and said, you know, you you ha- you have to leave. Yeah. So yeah, it was. Um, all of a sudden, I just went into like, okay, let's just grab a bunch of stuff. And fortunately, we went to my parents' house. You know, we were fortunate that we have somewhere to go, um, and we were there for just a night. Um, and everything did turn out okay. So I consider myself to be very fortunate. Um, but it is, it's scary because I think that there's still that thinking, even though we have seen wildfire in Alberta, yeah. you know, other disasters, like there's still that thinking like, 
well, this can't happen to us, right? Like, this is happening somewhere else. This isn't yeah. happening to us. And so all of a sudden, I think that was the moment when we got the knock on the door. We're just, I'm like, who's at the door? Oh, the call's coming from inside the house. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah, because Edmonton, we think of it as, you know, the place people come to when they leave wildfires. We exactly. don't think of it as the place people have to go from. But there are so many fires. Give me a sense. Where in the province are they happening right now? Yeah, so if you, Edmonton, if we use kind of Edmonton as the... Uh, it's kind of like the, the the main spot. So look at where Edmonton is. Mm-hmm. And then if you go to the west, so then you're looking at communities to the west. Um, about 100 kilometers is whereabout we're seeing kind of the first ones were burning and then beyond that. So that's to the west and then to the north as well. So then again, same kind of distance as far up as high level, Grand Prairie in those areas as well little bit to the south, but not. It's more just to the west, to the north. Um, and then, of course, we are seeing it into BC as well. So it kind of gives you an idea as to how much area is affected by this. Yeah, it's kind of a huge L shape if yeah. you look at some of those, those locations. Yes, yeah. Alberta's no stranger to wildfire. Oddly enough, uh, we're weirdly familiar with wildfires in May. Um, you know, Fort Mac, Slave Lake, Chuck Egg Creek. But what do scientists expect from wildfires these days? Is this that much different than what they were planning for? Mm-hmm. It's so interesting because in April, I was talking to somebody from Environment and Climate Change Canada, and he was saying that April is actually when southern Alberta sees the most precipitation. And I'm like, that can't be possible. <laughs> No way. Yeah. Um, and now here we are in May, and it has been so dry. It's been hot. I mean, not to date myself, but I mean, growing up in Edmonton, I remember like a 30-degree day. If we hit that in, you know, August yeah. or maybe like late July, but now to see those kind of temperatures in May... And recently, they did move up the wildfire season. So it used to start later in March. Now it starts at the beginning of March because we're seeing these hot, dry conditions last longer. So not only are we seeing our winters shortened at the start of the season, but also at the end too, right? And I mean, in a, in, a, in theory, you know, we always in Alberta, it's like, oh, you know, our long winters, it would be great if they were shorter. But when it comes to wildfires, that's not the case at all. We need that precipitation. We need that snow. We need that cool down in order to make a difference when it comes to these fires. For a lot of people, the Fort McMurray fire in 2016, it's hard not to think about it. When we talk about communities evacuating, you covered Fort Mac. Can I, I ask, I mean, what's this bringing back for you? Yeah, I remember when the wildfire took the really devastating turn that it did in Fort McMurray. And again, I think perhaps it's working in a newsroom where you're constantly surrounded by, you know, like news coming in and stuff. And I remember I was sitting at my desk and I looked up and we had one of our um, cameras, like one of our one of our cameras that was there at like pointed towards this wildfire and I remember just thinking, like, again, well, that can't be real because it was unbelievable and it changed mm. so quickly. And I think that that's what – or I know that that's what I think of is just everything was, you know, it was, it was a scary time in Fort McMurray, right? And, like, people were evacuating and then it took shift in the wind and, you know, jumped the creek and all of a sudden yeah. absolute chaos. And so I think of that now is that, you know, like – I never pay attention to wind direction 
now I am. I'm yeah. like, you know, the wind is coming out of a different direction. And I think even recently earlier in the week, it wasn't that smoky in the city. But then towards the middle of the week, I did notice more smoke in the air. Mm-hmm. Um, so you notice those those kind of changes, right? And so I am really aware of that. And also just, I know that I need to be more prepared too. Yeah, absolutely. And because we have seen so many evacuations, we have seen folks uh, under order. Um, where are they heading as they're leaving those areas? So a lot of people came to Edmonton. Um, And again, when I was describing where the fires are, like if you think that they are, let's just say, um, an hour outside the city, well, those highways have been affected. So, you know, it isn't just like an evacuation down the down the Yellowhead to yeah, yeah. Edmonton or whatever, you know. It's like, not a straight shot anymore. No, you have to, like, you know, it's taking side roads, back roads, you know. And so I remember there were people that were saying that, you know, a drive that usually took them a half an hour took three hours, right? And these wow. are, and you know, and then you think about people who have livestock, people who have families, animals, things like that. So a lot mm-hmm. of people did have come to Edmonton. There's the um, evacuation center set up at the expo center. People were going to uh, Hinton and Jasper, obviously smaller communities. So, you know, you had people staying in parking lots, staying in their cars, staying in their fifth wheels, things like that. So you have that kind of area. And then Calgary recently opened an evacuation center as well, just to provide that additional support for people who are leaving their homes. Mm-hmm. I think what strikes me so hard with this is the familiarity Albertans have with wildfire and with language and the social media because it's jumping oh, up. Yeah. There's so many Facebook groups, people offering support. There's a staggering to see the conversations. People are using, uh, you know, doorbell camera footage to be like, the town looks fine. What are we hearing from evacuees? Maybe what the big fears are besides, you know, the obvious. Yeah. I like that you mentioned the doorbell cameras because there was a lot of talk about looting. Right. At one point in time, specifically in Drayton Valley in that area. And um, and what people were saying was that people their they were worried about their homes, people going into their homes. And we actually had one homeowner send doorbell camera footage to us of somebody pulling up in a truck, running, getting a jerry can, checking to make sure that they're, you know, they're, if, see if the shed was open wow. and then getting in their car and taking off. Right. And I think when we talk about social media, obviously, it's a way to spread positive information and to spread, you know, to bring people together. But there's also, we were hearing from evacuees that there was a lot of misinformation too. And Mm -hmm. so then there was a growing desire to go home and make sure that everything is okay. And um, earlier, the mayor of Drayton Valley, you know, pleading with people you can't come home. Please don't try to come home. It isn't safe, Mm. you know, and uh, they were bringing in more um, RCMP were bringing in more officers, you know, just to to increase the safety, you know, and also to provide that peace of mind. Yeah, of course. We've talked about evacuation centers. What other supports are in place for folks who have been pushed out of their homes right now? Mm -hmm. So the province is offering uh, provincial funding for people who are out of their home for seven days. So it's $1,200 for every adult and then $500 for um, people under 18. So there is that support that's available. Uh, Of course, help from the Red Cross is also available as well. Um, And then individual communities, they are providing as much support as they possibly can because using a reference like Edson, for example, people are allowed back home, but it is going to be a while before, you know, it's back up and running because yeah, people, of people had to leave. Business owners had to leave, yeah. you know, all of that. The backdrop of this 
is the election, of all things. Yes. Um, how is that impacting reaction to wildfires? Like, what's that conversation like? Mm-hmm. So there have been a few campaigns that have been postponed because of where the fires are burning that uh, some some uh, candidates, some parties have said, we're going to put this on hold just because it doesn't make sense and they can't, you know, it just doesn't make sense. Um, we are seeing the leaders of the two main parties. So Rachel Notley of the NDP and then Danielle Smith of the UCP. They're both in the public eye for the first few days. They were both in the public eye. And then you really see... Um, Premier Daniel Smith, and we can call her that because she is presenting in her position as the leader of the province, right? you know, at news conferences and delivering the information that Albertans need. And of course, it has to be a part of the conversation, right? Because people are paying attention in this very important period of time, you know, and I think we were talking to some political analysts and it and it is interesting because this crisis campaigning Mm -hmm. It it definitely changes where people are. And it's going to be interesting to see what happens over the next week or two leading up to the election. What is that going to look like? Right. Yeah. Like, you know, if if fires get worse, is there a chance? Uh, Daniel Smith has said that it is unlikely that the election is going to be postponed. We don't know what this fire is going to do. So that's, you know, that could change. It really, really could change. Yeah, absolutely. And we're seeing, like you know, they're both reaching out going to evacuation centers, talking to folks. But there is that weird perception around it because the election is this like overhanging like mm-hmm. context. Yeah. And it's it's funny, for lack of a better word, <laughs> because you see, you know, there's a there's that joke where you have politicians, you know, shaking hands and yeah. kissing babies. Right. Well, that's different when that's happening at an evacuation center. Yeah. You know, that is a very different interaction with people than on the campaign trail. And I think that Albertans are watching, right? Albertans are watching how every politician is handling this, and it could have more of an impact when we go to the polls on May 29th. Mm -hmm. I don't think any Albertan isn't watching this wildfire situation in general. um, Case in point, you had to evacuate. We've all, nobody in Edmonton hasn't smelled smoke at least once this year already. Uh, What do people need to know to keep safe as we continue in this wildfire season? Is it okay if I start with my own my personal my personal yeah. advice to people because after I was evacuated I had a number of people reach out to me and say Oh, gosh, I don't even know what I would grab. What did you and grab? Well, Were there any surprising things in this box? Because <laughs> I, I don't know what I would grab other than the cat and like, I don't I don't know. Yeah, um, it was it was and I and to add some levity to the conversation. <laughs> yeah, there's a certain whitening toothpaste that I really like. <laughs> I know. I grabbed every box of it. And again, I knew that we were going to my parents' house. They had space. We were in a different situation. Yeah. You know, we had time to kind of to put things. So we grabbed, you know, our valuables, but then just weird things like that. And um, and Luke grabbed some of his like fishing trophies. I don't know. It was just kind of it was just kind of weird. So then all of a sudden when you go back to your house afterwards, you're like, huh. I had six things of toothpaste. Yeah. <laughs> 18. So thanks, Claire. Um, (laughs) I literally grabbed them all. Yes. So, but joking aside, I've had a lot of people ask, you know, I wouldn't know what to grab. And I do think it is really important for us to just to take inventory so that, you know what, I know for next time that 
okay, in these drawers, that's the stuff I'm going to grab. Right. I need, and I started a list. So it's just, okay, so I have this list. And if nothing else, do that. Make a list of what you need to grab, what you need to do before you leave. Um, and at least it's one more step that you can take. Um, the other thing is there's a fire ban across the province. So that means no outdoor fires, right? You can have you can have your barbecue if you can turn it off and on. So like, you know, a gas barbecue, things like that. But, you know, no, we're not having any campfires or anything like that. So be aware of that. ATVs or off-road vehicles, anything like that. There's a caution when using those ones as well. And also just to be aware, um, I know that wildfire officials are saying, you know, make sure that you are paying attention to what's happening in your area. Um, and I think just supporting each other as well. It is obviously a very difficult time. And I know there are mental health supports available for people and um, other supports that are available for that, because obviously it takes a toll on entire communities. And and you just never know how you're going to be dealing with that. We came up for the missing and murdered event. That happened Friday, we did the walk, and then on our way back home, we we got back home, and as soon as we got back there, we didn't get to unpack, and then we got the notice to go. So we just gathered what we could, and we left, went to Hinton, and then from there, we decided to go towards Jasper, because they said there was help there too as well, which we got a room, lucky, but the next day, you know, it was all rebooked back up again, so... So we drove, it was five hours, five and a half hours, cutting through the backside. And uh, it was beautiful, but still it's hard to take it all in when there's so much going on in the back. But once we got here, it was same story all over again. What do you mean by <clears throat> Well, just, you go to one place, you don't know what you didn't do. moving around and not knowing what's going to happen basically riding off your pennies I gotta do what I can I gotta put fuel in my card getting whatever we could you know I know they got help here and we've taken it but just trying to figure out what we gotta do like I know the cots are good but you know Edmonton's a big place and there's a lot of hotels, but it's, I don't know, just so hard to find a place, especially when, like I said, like, you got next to nothing in your pocket. Uh, we left Friday, well, we weren't going to leave Friday night, but the evacuation order was in effect on Friday night, and we left uh, the next, well, we left really, really late that night. Uh, there was a few of us, we just wanted to stay on the outskirts, hoping it would pass, but not really. <laughs> uh, yeah, so we've been... Just, they, uh, this has been amazing. Uh, they've got everything you possibly need, medical care, everything, and it's been awesome. Clothes, because <laughs> a lot of people, they left, and they told us to just grab enough stuff for three days, and our pets, and enough food and for three days. And yesterday we heard that they said that it might be a week before we get back, because they've turned off the power and the gas, supposedly, so we hear. But um, we're hoping we go back today, and hopefully, hopefully, fingers crossed, we can get in and... Uh, to our houses, but we won't have utilities or nothing yet, but hopefully we will soon. Um, I want to go home. <laughs> Sleeping in a vehicle and having, like, not that there's a community, but eating with a bunch of other people and, and having to, like, 
just not being able to have your own space and it, it's stressful, it's aggravating and wondering, like we've heard there was looters that have been going through people's houses and stuff in, in Drayton. So we don't know if our stuff's okay or if everybody, if everybody who, got, who all got out is the big thing, I think. Uh, I know I was looking for a friend of mine yesterday. Uh, she finally got here, thank God. <laughs> but uh, yeah, it's a big concern because we don't know where everybody went. They're, they're doing the best they can, I guess. And the firefighters, we all appreciate their help. Those were the voices of Guy Wiesmat, an evacuee from Edson, and Anna Turdiak, an evacuee from Drayton Valley. They were just some of the thousands of evacuees who checked in at the Edmonton Expo Center last weekend. The forecast for today and the next week, though, is starting to go up. Bad news in the middle of a wildfire crisis. For a look at the weather and what it might mean for the province, CBC meteorologist and climate change reporter Christy Kleimenhaga joins me now. Hi, Christy. Hi, Claire. So what does this next week look like? I hate to ask. Well, it's kind of a repeat of what we saw early or through last week with a big upper ridge building in our upper atmosphere. And so what that does is it really just keeps all weather away from Alberta. Everything skirts around it. And it allows really warm weather to move up and into the province and some sinking air, which warms it even more. So basically that means means that our temperatures are on the rise and not a lot of rain in sight after a cooler showery break to the week. So, I mean, as we look through this weekend, peak of the heat looks to be, you know, Sunday, Monday, Tuesday, where we could get into the 30s once again and overnight lows, you know, above 15 degrees and uh, not a lot of rain, it looks like, until mid to late next week. So a quite hot and dry stretch ahead. Well, and we know that last stretch of dry, dry heat, that had an impact for sure on the wildfires. What could this mean for the situation next week? Well, the same sort of impact. It really just dries things out so quickly. And much of Alberta, even though we have seen a little bit of rainfall, is still relatively dry, especially northern Alberta, where maybe the top layer of the ground has a little bit of moisture, but below it's just bone dry. So it really doesn't take much to dry things out even further and then make that prime conditions for wildfires to get started. So our fire danger will be jumping up once again uh, through the province, especially in the north where they didn't see quite as much precipitation this week. And then uh, continuing on through the week, and that means that fires will be easier to start and they will be easier to get going and get out of control easily. Yeah, it's easy to sit here in Edmonton and think, oh, we've had a couple soggy days, but that is definitely not the case. Yeah, it really depends on where you are. Some areas, again, getting that relief, which was really great this week, but some areas still just a little too dry. Western Canada, you know, we experience devastating wildfires. Alberta, BC, we are no stranger to them. But what is it about our, our climate and our ecology that make us this kind of unfortunate hotspot for wildfire? Well, in Alberta, it's kind of a, a perfect storm in May that really primes us for wildfires. May is usually when we get a lot of those catastrophic wildfires, if we're going to get them. They're earlier in the season. And what we have at this point in May that we saw last week when they were all getting going was things Things just aren't really that green yet. They're starting to now. And in the past week, we've seen some progress in that. But it's still just coming off of the winter. Things are a little bit drier. Uh, we are generally a little drier anyways over the winter time as that snow melts. And it means that those fires can get going and have a lot of dry vegetation to burn. Um, we have a lot of forests in Alberta and BC too. So a lot of a lot of fuel, a lot of things that can burn. Unfortunately, yeah. yeah. <laughs> and then when we get into the summer months, we get a lot of lightning. We, you know, they call Alberta Hail Alley. We get a lot of convection, which can cause lightning, which of course can trigger more wildfires. So a lot of factors playing into it for 
Western Canada, which makes us kind of prime for those. Mm -hmm. Another factor that we can't ignore is climate change. What role is that playing this year? Well, it's playing a role over the long run. So every fire season will be different. Last fire season in Alberta was a little quieter um, and a a slower start. But this fire season, of course, a very big difference. So what we're seeing with our fire seasons overall is a lengthening in our season and uh, more potential for those intense wildfires. So our season used to start April 1st. It now starts March 1st officially, but you can have fires all year round. And uh, there's just more of a chance of those really, really big wildfires. And looking at our history, I mean, it seems every three to five years, we do have quite an explosive May for wildfires now. So it is something to contend with. Mm -hmm. And with all that in mind, I mean, this season, it's only just begun. So what do we know about what this season might hold? Well, it's hard to say because the beginning of the season, it doesn't really correlate to the rest of the season. So things can take a turn. You can get more rain and more consistent rain, and then it's not too bad. Uh, What we do have going on this year is what we call an El Nino developing. So uh, that's when you get warming of the equatorial Pacific Ocean, which may seem far and distant away, but it does influence weather patterns around the world. And for BC and Alberta especially, if you get a really strong El Nino like we might have this summer, it means warmer than normal weather or it's more likely to get warmer than normal weather so if we do have a warmer than normal summer it does play into that wildfire risk if we do not have that consistent precipitation so little too early to say but it is going to be something to watch yeah just something to hang on to thanks for this christy you're welcome the loop is a podcast from cbc edmonton and our team this week is leslie goldstone and Corey haverstock our theme music is change your mind by edmonton musician john common I'm Claire Bonnyman. Thank you so much for listening. The Loop is recorded on Treaty 6 territory, traditional lands of First Nations and Métis communities. If you want to get in touch with us, you can send us an email, theloop at cbc.ca, and you can find us on CBC Listen or wherever you get your podcasts. Stay safe. For more CBC Podcasts, go to cbc.ca slash podcasts.